I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And I'm not going away, but some dirty Ladies and gentlemen, broadcasting from beautiful South Bermondsey, this is Achtung Millwall. Well, I feel like whispering. So quiet, so sparsely attended. I've got Mickey next to me. I think we're the only ones here, mate. We are the only ones here, pretty much. It's incredible. Um, I don't want to speculate what the crowd is here tonight. There's, there's one block, about one and a half blocks of the south end to uh, fill up. The den is sparse. I mean, I'm going to guess about 3,000. Something of that order. 3,000 people in here, Oh, it's that, I reckon. It's that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the magic of the FA Cup first round. Friday night in uh, New Bermondsey. Uh, my name is Nick Hart, you're listening to Achtung Millwall, I'm here with Mickey from the AMS. Good evening listeners, or good afternoon listeners, uh, or good morning, uh, bonjour. Truly global welcome from Mick there, well done Mick. Mickey's drinking a, um, a glass of Bovril, a glass of Bovril, a cup of Bovril. Old school, old school, the old, no, none of the modern football for us here. Mickey's on Bovril, I've had a cup of coffee being a new football fan, new Bermondsey man. Here we are, Millwall playing South End in the first round of the FA Cup, South End wearing a particularly fetching uh, puce, I don't know what colour would you call it, it's a pink, raspberry pink, a bit like Prince's Raspberry Beret, they're in raspberry puce, uh, shirt and shorts, white stockings, lines in there familiar, blue and white stripes, Lions Live Radio tweeting that South End fans might actually outnumber the Lion fans, I think they could be right, there's really not many of us in here tonight listeners, Lions going to be attacking the cold blow lane into escape the insane atmosphere in the second half of South End, I guess. Tonight's starting line-up, Jordan Archer in goal. We've got Sean Hutchinson starting, Tony Craig. Fucking wanker. Marlon Romeo. Shane Ferguson defence, I guess. Uh, midfield, Sean Williams, Fred Onyedimma, Ben Thompson on the wings, Aidan O'Brien, Fred. Up front, Steve Morrison. Sorry, is that the, uh, O'Brien and Morrison up front? I'm sorry, apologies. I'm, Stumbling all over my team. Team checking with you tonight. I do apologise. Achtung, Mailball. Game's underway, just in case you hadn't noticed. So I think attacking the cold blow. Well, definition of madness is it must be turning out on, in Bermondsey on a Friday night. Mick, in, in, well, it was, it's cleared now. It was raining earlier, wasn't it? Yes, definitely. I do. Um, I do quite like the uh, the South End's pink. Yeah. Fetching, isn't it? Fetching. Yeah. 
You can definitely see them, especially the couple of guys with the pink boots as well. It's almost Dulwich Hamlet-esque. I'm going to guess about 3,000 inside the den tonight. There's, there's a fairly strong south end turnout. Um, two blocks worth now, pretty much. Around the rest of the ground, they really are dotted out here and now. Looks just saying the south end fans are very loud. Could you please shut up? Can't keep it quiet, please. I think what we needed, if it wasn't for the fact that we got searched, we would have been able to get in with our paint pellet guns. But, you know. Yeah, we've got search for fireworks on the way, as if we're going to bring our pyro with us on this kind of occasion. There goes Morrison down the left-hand side, two minutes, two and a half minutes on the clock. In a kind of wing play role, his inside finds Thompson. He's Ferguson, a little bit of interplay, it's Ben Thompson through in the box. Across the area, to his Fred, that's, that's glances across the penalty area. And Southend will clear, nice little moment there for Millwall. News at Den article, giving a preview for tonight, tonight's match. Speaking about the 3-1 defeat at Southend back in September. A particularly awful performance by Millwall, start of a... A rickety period, of course, for the Lions. Um, James Ferguson, speaking to News of Dead, admitted that it was difficult to hear criticism from when the side's form plummeted, as he puts it, in September. You learn a lot from your losses, said Shane. We look back on all those games and it obviously hurts. We tried our best to put it right and we can see, we're, you can see we're in a better mood. There's a better mood in the camp. Everyone's a lot happier. And we're doing the right things now. Here comes South End, whilst I waffle. Four minutes gone, ball into the middle. And uh, Thompson cleans up. Little flick header finds Fred on the right-hand side. Come up for the fifth minute. Fred does a little cheeky roll down the right-hand side. That's going to be a corner for Millwall. Much improved player, Fred. Um, really has turned his game around from some of the low points at the start of the season. All played particularly well at Oxford last week. And that was a nice-looking little run there down the right-hand wing. Corner from the uh, right-hand side as I look into the mix. That's flick header clear. Craig puts it back in the luck on a lob, lob cross. It's going to run clear. Phil Brown is expecting a big south end turnout, which should make for a good atmosphere, he says, Mick. Good atmosphere. It's, it's more like um, a mortuary in here at the moment, apart from two blocks of the south end fans, I suppose. Just a deep tan Phil Brown there down below me as I sit in block two. My wife was watching a programme in the week, dear listen, she's about the impact of um, sunshine on your face and the uh, damage it does to your skin. God knows what damage has been done to Phil Brown's facial skin over the course of his life. He's going to look like David Bowie in The Hunger by the end of his life in that coffin. He gets put away by Catherine Deneur. I think I've referred to that before but that's going to be Phil Brown at some stage. But Nice little break from midfield there. Good work by Fred Fines. Steve Morrison on the right side as we attack. Ball into the mix. That's cut out at the near post by the South and defender on eight minutes. Nice little break there down the right hand side. Good work by Fred in midfield. Historically Mill have played eight, uh, South End 86 times We've won 37 times, drawn 22 and lost 27. Never sure what significance should be drawn from the historical records. I know people put some import on it, but it's a bit like um, playing red or black in Vegas. So you, you think there should be some linkage between the previous red or black on the roulette table, and actually there is none, is there? But 37 wins, 27 losses, the rest drawn. Ten minutes, Milford Creek, Jordan Archer launches the ball forwards into the south end box. He's bobbing around, this is Aidan O'Brien. Fred shoots high and wide over the top of the uh, crossbar. A bit of one point in uh, American football. Well, ten minutes in, I suppose you'd say Neil have looked the brighter of the two teams. Certainly got the ball forward more in the opening ten minutes. Nil-nil as we speak. And not a massive amount to report, but the line's looking bright. I'll tell you what, Fred's learning the dark arts of the game there. There was a moment as the the uh, hipster number three for Southend came down the left side on our byline and Fred had his back to him 
and he just was looking for the first touch to go down there, so to speak. And um, I think he's really developing that side of his game. That's that's guile, isn't it? That's that's yeah. the kind of dark stuff that you, you yeah. have to learn as a professional. Yeah, but I think that's what most of the footballers do now. When they can get a free kick, slow the game down, stop it, exactly. But yeah, I mean Harris was the one of the best practitioners of what I call the dark arts of football. Yeah. The best, I always thought, was Dennis Wise as a player. Yeah, definitely. A, a master of um, falling over, getting free kicks, winding people up. Yeah. And Harris actually learned a lot from his, from Wise's game back in the early 2000s and really added that dimension to his own his own game as a, as, as a senior professional when he, when he came into that role himself. But no, D D Dennis Wise, by some distance, was the, the darkest player in that way. I have to lean in a bit because um, it's getting hard to listen to you, isn't it? So, so when you're talking to me, I'm having to like, lean in. It looks from people from behind, looks as if I'm trying to put one on you, mate. Not mate, that way, but the other way. Look, it's, it's 2016. Football have got a lot of go, you know, initiatives on that kind of thing now, but you're a lovely bloke, but not my type. Support, you're not my type. You know? Support Millwall, eh? Not, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's stop there before we get ourselves in the trouble, eh? Little flick header on there, trying to find Aidan O'Brien. 12 minutes, 13 minutes coming up. We'll break out of defence for South End, pushing rightwards. Marlon's with him. Sees him out for a throw in. There was a little moment there where they looked uh, alive. There we go, South End corner. 14 minutes on the right hand as they attack, right hand side as they attack. First opportunity for South End to do something in the game so far. 15 minutes approaching. Lofted in and it comes deep. Free header. Free header. Always oh, headed off the line. Absolutely plumb chance here for Southend for the 10. Free header on goal, headed down with power. It hit the deck and it was Ben Thompson that flip headed it over the top four. Another call on the left-hand side. That was uh, a real screamer of a chance. Awful defending. Awful, awful defending by Millwall. Should have been a goal. Wordsworth, number four for Southend. He wandered lonely as a cloud into the den. Literally, line there for you. There he is again, Wordsworth. Ball across the box, that's gone to the 33. A little bit of pressure here for South End. They're coming down the right hand side. Phil Brown seems to have the whammy slightly over Neil Harris. Um, we've had a couple of um, poor results against South End, I recall, including that one obviously in September. And the old suntan merchant seems to have a bit of the, uh, the Indian sign, so to speak, over, over Neil Harris. Well, as sparsely attended as tonight's game is, dear listeners, this is the first round of the Football Association Challenge Cup to give it its full title. The oldest football competition in the world and Britain's great gift to the footballing world, at least in my humble opinion. Fantastic competition, much um, corroded in recent times with the sanitisation, commercialisation, whatever isation you like to care for the game. This is going to fall to Aidan O'Brien. little bobbling moment in front of the uh, penalty area. He's twisting the tennis, dispossessed in the end. Yeah, much corroded with the uh, doing away of replays in the semi-final, playing all the the semis in the final at the National Stadium, the limitation on replays in earlier rounds, blah, 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 fucking blah. But it is still a wonderful competition. It is our, as I say, in my humble opinion, our great gift to the football world, and it should be supported. So it's a pity there aren't more down here tonight, but a Friday night in New Bermondsey on a wet night is probably never going to attract that many. So 18 minutes, middle corner on the right-hand side, floated deep. Far post is Byron, that's a challenge that's going to run away. Open to all levels, down to level 10 of the English game, the FA Cup. The competition itself, I think, starts in, set, uh, in the summertime, doesn't it? Before the actual, um, you know, while other teams are in pre-season training, some of these level 10 clubs are in, in the FA Cup. Uh, there's a ball into the box there that's going to run clear. 
is Steve Morris on the right-hand side whilst I waffle on about the FA Cup and its glories. Williams now with a cross in for the mix. That's going to go to the far post, but taken by the lime-clad goalkeeper. A colourful team, Southend. Puce and lime. There's a tweet. Mickey's found a tweet. Ben, MFC, posts, uh, he always wondered why we moved into a 20,000-seat stadium when we can barely fill it. That's <laughs> quite true. Ground sharing with Fisher tonight and, and fill that up instead. 20 minutes, South End on the attack. Come down the right hand side, the uh, man cuts inside. It's going to be a shot from the outside the area along the deck and saved by Jordan Archer in the event. Lee Gregory um, warming up with the substitutes. I don't think I mentioned in my pre match team analysis. So you get a very professional team analysis on this show. And um, it's, it kind of dumbfounded me that Lee Gregory wasn't out there, but uh, <coughs> I now see. He's on the substitutes bench tonight, dear listeners, in case you are wondering and you feel shortchanged by my team listings at the start of today's show. It's dawned on me that Southend are basing their kit on a stick of rock. It's pink on the outside with white, a white bit in the middle. Move down the right-hand side from Southend, ball into the box again. They come into it in the last few minutes as we go past the halfway point in the first half. Flick header there from Steve Morrison, finds Aiden O'Brien inside the box. Edge of the penalty area, shoots, gets it back again. What can he do? Morrow wants it from the inside and digs him out because he had a shot. It was a greedy shot. Morrison wanted on the uh, right-hand side of him. It's going to be a goal kick to Southend. He did not look happy at all there. In fact, he was uh, he looked askance at Aidan O'Brien there, shall we say. Southend fans getting very excited up there, Mick. 25 minutes, there's a little moment where they, I think they felt there was a, a hint of penalty shout going on over on that far right. A lot of gesticulating going on up there. There's a big turnout from Southend. There must be a big thing to go to town on a Friday night for them. Not so much of a big thing for the, uh, the Millwall fans, clearly. Well, 27 minutes gone. It's a fairly even game. I think it's balanced out. Both Southend and Millwall have looked, looked bright going forwards. In fairness to the Shrimpers, they're coming at us down the wings a little bit. Um, little ball past Marlon there. Free kick, as you can hear behind me. He's a fucking master at that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, he's developing the art of falling got, over. Yeah. He got a great touch on that and yeah. went down with it as well. Yeah. Quite a funny article, Mick, in the week. Barney's been at his, on, the, on the Guardian website again, doing another article about the... I was looking at it just then. How about that? Look, um, <laughs> Guardian, Guardian website, Barney Roney, Mill Stadium, Wrangle, Sparks, a split amongst the La La Lewisham Labour Group. There's, um, there's been a little piping up by a, a councillor, Jay Milne, of Deptford's Evelyn Walls, who um, uh, has coined the phrase a Mill Zealot. So, are you a Mill Zealot? Nick? I, I, I think I'm I I a Mill I Zealot. Think, I think if I have to be one, I need to learn what it is first. But <laughs> we're, we're, I did see your description you sent, so um, yeah. yeah, probably probably am. I think we are. I think, the I, fact we're here tonight, mate, sitting in an empty stadium makes us. Yeah. Um, and anyone listening to this show is a Mill it's, Zealot as well. It's a bit polite than uh, being called the words what most fans call us over time. So, I think it's, it's, it's that time of the show people have gone to bed. So, I can say, you know, well, at least it's better than being a cunt. Milne, Milne says not everyone on Lewisham Council is a Mill cheerleader, which is um, we, we know that much, um, yeah, Jamie. That, that's look like the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders <laughs> today. Do you know what I mean? I mean that would be you know if they were all like that, they know how you you know. But a I don't... dodgy photos on his on his Twitter feed. Though. He's dressed up in um, police, police special gear. About, um, yeah, he, he looks like old Bill, doesn't he? He looks like um, he's got a police uniform fetish, perhaps. We might mm. speculate. I don't know. He's, he's, he's basically set himself up in opposition to Councillor Alan Hall, who is our friend and we, we support on Lewisham Council. He's the, Morrison on the floor at the moment, just stay with that. No, it's not Morrison, who is it on the floor? That's Webster. That's Webster. He went down hard. 
side of the face and shoulder. So Jamie Milne pops up and says, not everyone on Lewisham Council is a Mill zealot. And he reckons there's Mill cheerleaders in the Lewisham yeah, Council. But the thing that gets me is that, yeah, that's it. But the thing that gets me is that on the scrutiny meeting where obviously the amazing document, whatever it yeah, is or whatever, was, was gone in, that he weren't even there. He so there. he's deemed about questions and all of that. Well, I think the biggest question is, is what's the document? Why weren't you there? And why is it still going on? Yeah, full of, full of bullshit. Uh, one quote did make me laugh was from Willow, was it Willow Winston, the, oh, the local yeah. artist who I, I've never met. I don't know what she looks like. But I, I, she's pic- right. I picture with an Evadne Hinge type voice and she says, um, that young man is speaking from a position of complete stupidity. Which I thought was quite scathing. Bit. I have met her. I've met her this week. Um, but... <laughs> She doesn't sound like that, but she's um she should. She's definitely. Let's put it this way: you wouldn't really want to cross her. Let's put it that way. That's, that's my death warrant um, side in that case. Yeah. Sorry, Willow. Lions breaking forward. There's Romeo going down the right hand side, ball into the box near post. Ball. Aiden O'Brien and the defender there uh, in, in, in a kind of a tussle. It rolls through to Southend goalkeeper. 32 and a half minutes. Quality journalism from the Sun, which is always a, a purveyor of um, you know insight and intellectual rigour. Um, was it Alex Alex Dillon was his name? Yeah. Um, it apparently is uh, Andrew Dillon, a wanker, um, writing for The Sun, uh, digging out the fact that Professor Robert Winston has posted a message of support for Millwall in its fight with Lewisham Council, and basically referring to the reason that Winston is linked with Millwall is because he did a series called Walking the Caveman. Ho, 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 Mr Dillon. Uh, maybe you should get your own uh, phone hacking house in order. Uh, and um, I was a moment there for South End shot from distance, 33rd minute. It was well wide in the event as I was trying to cane Alex Dillon, whatever his fucking name is. That went well wide in the event. 33, 34 minutes. A little bit of noise from the little support behind me now. A little bit of handbag, Steve Morrison and the South End 14 in a little bit of a tussle. A little moment of temper there from the South End man. Morrison getting in his face a little bit, I think, 34 minutes, 35 minutes approaching. I think um, Dylan refers to Professor Robert Winston as a clever clog, doesn't he? So I think he's, he's somewhat underplaying the, the man's intellectual capacity. Yeah, he's, really, a, you know, he's a professor at Imperial College, so yeah, I suppose he is a bit of a clever clog. I think he meant in a derogatory way. Then uh, that son journalist, let's put it that way. So yeah, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what his qualifications are. Mill free kick right inside, ball into the box. That's deep. That's punched clear by the South End goalkeeper. Drinking rose, Ben Thompson down the left hand side, ball across the box. That's with the corner. 35 minutes, nice little run there from Ben down the left hand side. A little bit of danger. Mill coming into the game again. Last few minutes, a little bit of a surge by the Lions. Slightly faded after a bright start, slightly faded out a little bit in the mid part of the half. And South End were uh, coming into it more down the wings. But lately, last few minutes, Mills looked a bit brighter again. It's going to be a corner from the left. That's a deep one into the, into the central zone, bobbing around. That's going to roll clear. People got quite excited over that article. I can't, I, I can't, I mean, apart from calling Andy Dillon a West Ham wanker, I mean, I don't think you should really get much more excitement out of it than that, uh, really, Mick. I, I do mean, like that one, look. No one likes us, we don't care. What happened to that? No, that's it, that's it. I do like the one on there which says, I found it funny, fella. I don't think the people moaning actually know what supporting Millwall means. Maybe right. Silver Fox, nicely put there, Silver Fox. Well, the South End end is now filled up to about two and a half blocks worth of the upper tier. So it's not a bad turnout from South End. Um, rest of the ground sparse it's sparse I'm still going to go about three and a half thousand overall Magic and the lure of the FA Cup somewhat tarnished I suppose you'd say 
in recent years all become about the league, isn't it? Leagues and across the board. It's a shame. It's a shame. Thompson in the edge of the penalty area. Battling, he's got a moment of um, shot there that pulled the trigger, he's blocked as it went through. He's a player down the air, is that? Morrison down, 39 minutes. Can't have Morrison out of the game, he's like a Ming vase, we haven't got a replacement for him. On the scoreboard, the symbol of Snapchat, there's a Lions Snapchat channel and Instagram. These are for older listeners who don't know what the fuck that is all about. It, uh, Snapchat is some kind of um, video diary business where you, you kind of um, record videos as to what you've done. Um, this doesn't look good. The Morrison's down on the deck at the moment and there's a, a stretcher coming out for him. Uh, but anyway, we're, we're on Snapchat. Kid, children do it now. Apparently kids, youngsters do Snapchat. Instagram's a photographic diary thing, isn't it? Um, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to social media. It's like going to be Lee Gregory coming in for Morrison. That's going to be a blow. I hope he's not too badly injured, dear listeners. Morrison's leaving the field in a stretcher. Bad news. Let's hope it's not as bad as it looks. You hear the applause around the, uh, the Spa Stadium, but everyone's applauding the Mill Hero going off here. Not sure I like Friday night football. Listeners, I know that Tranmere used to do it, didn't they? Back in the, uh, the 70s, Friday night nights. Um, there's something slightly unearthly about the whole thing. I'm, I know that this will never be a big draw. This is the first round of the FA Cup. Sadly, never going to draw the punters. But uh, there's something slightly unearthly about Friday night football. It don't feel right. South end on the attack, 43 minutes. Free kick, they draw a free kick in the edge of the penalty area. It's on the right side of the D. 33 winning the free kick there for them. A dribble taken by Ben Thompson. Edge of the penalty area, a few minutes of um, nervousness. The boy with a perpetual nervousness. That was a band called The Feelies. A really obscure band. I wonder if any listeners know what the fuck I'm talking about. A band called The Feelies. And they were kind of like um, preppy types. Um, uh, I think that their, their kind of um, shtick was they were all very nervous, but they played uh, on one album. I don't know if they made any more. What a great album. I, did, I, I bought it, um, one of those albums you bought um, because it looked cool, and they were a the band at the moment. But then when I played it, uh, I can't remember any of, the, any of the tracks as I'm speaking to you now, but I do remember the name The Feelies, and I remember The Boy With Perpetual Nervousness, which is what I am right now as South End line up to take this free kick on the right-hand side of the D. 44 minutes, chipped over the box, that takes a deflection, the corner. Wordsworth down in front of me, raises his hands, it's going to be knocked back into the middle, that's headed clear by, by Fred. South End will close out the uh, extra time on the attack, and a little deflected ball into the mix there, it runs across the middle, six-yard box, no particular danger there, other than the panic of watching a football run across your six-yard box. Another injury over on the right side, I didn't see what happened there, there's two, there's a South End man down. No all player down, can't tell you who it is. Looks like, is it Ben Thompson down? A few blokes having a go from the sidelines over there. I, don't, I didn't see what happened there at all. A few blokes having a right old go at that South End player over there. There's a steward in the middle of it all. He's walking away from it now, probably wisely. There's a few going to offer him outside if they could get the chance. Lurch is in it. It's all right, Lurch has got it on in, in hand. Couldn't, I mean, it must have been a clash. I couldn't tell you what happened there. It was, some uh, the crowd were incensed by what happened there with Ben Thompson. Can't tell you what that uh, the cause of that incense, incensement, insensation, incensineth, incensinence was. There's half time. <laughs> so I was just talking about the make about sugar smart. I'm I'm taking this to be uh, 
a health kick. Like they're trying to get you off off the sugar, but actually adding cost to the. No, they had ten pence. The sign says they had ten they pence. Had, um, ten pence. I won't sit there. This is why you're on the poverty, wouldn't it? They had ten pence to a sugary drink. And then that money goes towards a fund what helps educate people about staying away from sugar, I Don't think. Get on the sugar, kids. Keep off it. Meine Damen und Herren, Achtung, Milwei. So there is half time, nil nil. Um, evenly balanced game. The big talking point will be the loss of Steve Morrison, um, about three quarters of the half through. Um, let's hope that's not too bad. Um, right, game, entertaining enough game, end-to-end -end stuff. Both teams will probably want to get it settled here tonight. No-one's going to want to replay. And at the moment, um, until Morrison's loss, I've said, we look the brighter. It's going to be interesting to see how we shape up in the second half. Tweet here from Mark Litchfield. Southend going in very strong, but howling for everything the other way. Typical of a Phil Brown side. Mill needs to be more physical in the second half, says Mark. Um, yeah, I, I think being physical is obviously the only way to match that. Uh, it's cost us hot dear with Morrison being stretched off. Mill halfway line says terrible news. Mill, Morrison stretched off. Hope it's not too serious. You and me both, um, MHL. Morrison down and looking distraught, says Mark. Litchfield looks a knee problem. This could be bad news. We hope it's not. Dan underscore Wall says he'll praise God when O'Brien fucks off. Harsh. Aiden, of course, a well-known um, man of man of religion. Uh, and again, Mark's Litchfield says O'Brien clear on goal. He stops and checks. Two South End defenders get back and he shoots wide. He frustrates in incredible amounts. Lucas Ball wants someone to periscope the game, Mick. Actually, he's mentioning what you're... you're, you're can't, can't do it, Lucas. It breaks copyright, mate. Sorry. Lawrence Pickett says for a change we'll be naming the supporters instead of the players here tonight. I think you might well be right there, Lawrence. Um, I think there's, there's a few more in there now than there were at the start of the game, but I, I don't know. Um, Mill had this kind of uh, strange accountancy system where you get like 8,000 when actually only got those 5,000 in the stadium, but what do I know? John Kelly referring to the incident with Ben Thompson going down there suggests that Innes, one of the South End players, could have got a red for elbowing. Um, Dan Wall says he was right in line with it, not even a yellow. Disgusting, says Dan. And finally, the Millwall Brazil says Primero Tempo Equilabrado com Boas chances. I think that must mean it's nil nil. Portuguese. In fact, the club, the official club um, Twitter feed has published a, a picture of Mills Aiden O'Brien avoiding the challenge of uh, Roots Hall defender, South End defender Ryan Innes. Sounds like a country and western star, Ryan Innes. Um, with a picture of the man with his boot up near his face. So clearly, the uh, story of the night is that South End have come here to try and rough us up. This is Millwall says if Morrow's out for the season, is it time to get Meyerhofer back? No, it's, ne it's never time for that. Dave Growl wants someone to snap Innes in half in the second half. The snide prick, says Dave. I think that's probably a good summary, Dave, of the situation, mate. Lions coming out for the second half, dear listeners. Going to be another substitution. Who's this? 16. That must be Butcher coming in for Ben Thompson. Ben Thompson took a knock, clearly, at the end of that first half. Now Butcher's coming to replace second him for the second half. Substitution for the Lions replacing number eight, Ben Thompson. Number 16, Callum Butcher. Costly old game, really, for... Um, what it is, two, two, two players injured there. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, Ben not too bad. Um, reading the Twitter feed, it sounds like Morrison might have done his knee in, which is a blow. Is that is he done his knee? Apparently. So, second half kicks off with South End attacking a cold blow lane ins. Reverse of how we like it normally, of course, but 
I don't think it makes an awful lot of difference on such a flat, flat night as this. The Lions attacking the away end in the second half. I'm actually talking to an internet superstar in Mickey with his um, popcorn. You posted a picture of a bloke of popcorn. Do you, know, yeah. do you know the strange thing is, obviously, this week with the MSC, yeah. I was um, I was doing um, a few interviews with Copper 90. Yeah. And um, anyway, I was talking to him about that picture. Yeah. And uh, he went, oh, was that, that was yours? And I went, yeah, yeah. He went, we used that, that picture on a... Um, 220,000 views. On yeah, yeah. Right and we used that picture on a... Um, on a, a project we basically touted to ITV about right, the way okay. culture in football's gone the wrong way, like with popcorn and all that, and I was like, really? Oh, God. I think it was a picture of a bloke going back to his girlfriend, or it might have been his daughter. Going by the back to his daughter, mate. His daughter's <laughs> the whole been, game. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what, right? That game was real. It was my little girl's first game, yeah. England game, right? I was so England, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, so I've taken her as her first England game, right? Yeah. To the left of me, yeah. I had the Wildstone Raider, <laughs> right? And in front of me, I had Harry Potter. Harry, she was reading she Harry Potter. She was reading Harry Potter, and he went and got coffee a big, and popcorn. Big of popcorn. There was so much popcorn in that game, mate. It's unbelievable. <laughs> South End free kick while we're talking about popcorn. Floated in. Deep, it's headed around, and it runs clear. Again, 47 minutes. Better, we, Bov? Yeah, Bovril. Uh, Mickey's trying to lead a Bovril revival here. I might, I might have to do a switch over, actually. The coffee's not all that in, in, the, in the den, and I'm hoping the Bovril is... Delivering a punch for you, Mick? It's, it's all right. It's just all right. pretty much like it's drinking right. um, gravy, to be fair. It's the essence of Bovril, mate. Good old traditional. It's the FA Cup, and we're maintaining the traditions of the game there. We'll have half-time oranges soon enough. Very first FA Cup ever, of course, took place 1871 to 1872. Famously won by the uh, Wanderers, I think, wasn't it? Royal Engineers beat the... Oh, the Royal Engineers beat the Wanderers or the Wanderers beat the Royal Engineers? Answers on a, on a tweet, please, dear listeners. One nil, I seem to remember. What, what, well, Wanderers beat the Royal Engineers, didn't they? In front of 2,000 people at Kennington Oval. I'm just looking at the um, my phone here, the Wikipedia. Wanderers beating the Royal Engineers 1-0 in the final at Kennington Oval. I'm always fascinated by that first ever competition because half the games never took place. They seemed to have been buys or walkovers. Teams didn't turn up. Um, only a couple of ties actually took place in the whole competition. Famously, Queen's Park got to the semi-finals. Of Glasgow got to the semi-finals on various buyers and walkovers. Drew nil-nil and then wouldn't come back for the replay. Um, and that was how the first FA Cup uh, took place. It began November 1871. What's that, 145 years ago, is it? Long time ago. Great, grand old competition. Fantastic to see it still in existence. Yeah, we could have done without it tonight, I must say, with those injuries to Morrison and Thompson. Wanderers came back and won it again the next year, in actual fact, 1872-3 season. Moments dangerous, South End through on goal, ball from the right-hand side, ball across the box. It's cleared, it was ping-pong, ping-pong, 51 minutes inside the middle penalty. There was a moment uh, where they had a free shot on goal, and he fired it into the deck, and it was ping-ponged around with the middle defenders. A little bit of... Uh, moment of panic there for the Lions in 51. Winners of the FA Cup, of course, get a place in the Europa League, once upon a time known as the UEFA Cup. Previously, back in the olden days, we used to get into a competition called the European Cup Winners' Cup, which older uh, listeners will remember. Youngsters won't know what, we, what on earth I'm talking about, but this was a, a European Cup competition for the, uh, the winners of the Cup. They had the odd name, the Cup Winners' Cup, which I always thought was a fantastic name. Um, and used to get some real obscure... Um, clubs in that's obviously abroad. The uh, thing was in England, the cup was taken seriously. This is South End on the on the attack here, 12. 
Cup was always taken quite seriously in this country, but abroad it wasn't taken so seriously. So, you know, you get um, obscure clubs winning their, their cup competitions and you get all sorts of oddball names. I remember FC Magdeburg, they were in it one year. And I've always wanted to go and visit Magdeburg. And one day I will, it's on my bucket list. I'm sure it's not going to be as nice as I picture it, but just purely on the basis of uh, football geography. I've always wanted to go and see places like FC Magdeburg and Gornik Zagra in Poland, places like that. Gornik probably not be Zagra, I don't know. just found out mixed bottles only got 20 calories in it, unlike my cup of coffee, which has got sugar in it. It's probably, I don't know, hundreds of calories. 22 calories. Well, there we are, it's a health drink, practically a health drink. 22 calories. I feel ashamed of myself. I'm, I'm mixed taking an old sugar, anti-sugar drive very seriously. <laughs> you can tell by this amount of old tosh and waffle we're coming out, there's not an awful lot of action. Long ball there forward, this is Gregory chasing down a hipster kind of defender. And that's lumped clear by the goalkeeper. 55 minutes, nil-nil. The south end, on the right-hand side of the penalty area on the attack. 57 minutes, a little bit of passing movement on the edge of our box. It falls out back deep as a shot on goal. Ooh, that was not a bad shot from distance. About a yard wide in the event. Um, power shot from halfway inside the middle half. Not a bad effort by the south end. Midfield, I don't know what number is. Don't really care. 58 minutes. Falls to Lee Greg on the halfway line. <clears throat> Dispossessed. South end back on the attack. They're looking a little bit stronger these last few minutes, South end. They're coming at us a little bit in waves. I've got that line in my head, it's in uh, comfortably numb, I was playing it in the car earlier on. Well, it's a committed game of football, there's a few tackles flying, there's going to be a free kick for South End inside the middle half as we approach 59 minutes. Some unusual venues for FA Cup finals, dear listeners, on, on Wiki. Uh, 1886, the Racecourse Ground Derby, Fallowfield Stadium, Manchester, 1893. Uh, Goodison Park hosted the 1894 Cup Final, Bolton, Burnham Park. 18, uh, no, 1901, Goodison, Bramble Lane and Old Trafford in 1915. And of course the Millennium Stadium uh, when we played in the uh, 2004. Nor the attack is Shane Ferguson, 61 minutes down the left. He checks inside, nicely done, Ferguson, dribble, still got the ball. In the corner, nice work by Shane Ferguson. Trickery, trickery down the left-hand side. Ferguson, left-hand side corner, into the mix, headed clear. Another south-end attack, surging forwards, into the middle penalty on the right-hand side, two men in front, ball into the uh, into the advertising holdings, no danger there. I've just been fascinated by the um, story of the FA Cup ever since I was a kid, the, the kind of original FA Cup was stolen, the very first um, design of the FA Cup was got nicked out of it, I think it was Aston Villa uh, won it, and, had it on display in the Birmingham Jewellers, it got nicked and then the story goes, on Wiki at least, that it was melted down into um, counterfeit half-crowns. It seems an inglorious end to one of football's great trophies, but that seems to be what happened. It must be true, it's on Wikipedia. 65 minutes, still nil-nil. This has got kind of a nil-nil drawing kind of feel about it. Neither, neither team will really want a replay particularly. We certainly won't. I don't think Southend will, really. Current design of the FA Cup, the, the famous trophy, uh, was first used in 1911. That, the one we have now is not the original trophy, but that design was um, brought in in 1911. Manufactured by a company called Fattorini's of Bradford, and coincidentally won by Bradford City in that very first 1911 cup using that new design, the one that we know and love. Here comes South End, come down the middle left, 
We'll see where it goes tumbling. It's going to be a... Referee gives a free kick Mills way. That's actually good refereeing. He went tumbling. Looked like a... Must have judged that to be a dive. I thought in the moment he'd been clipped as he's gone through. Referee bravely gives it the other way. 67 minutes halfway through the second half. Uh, South End players going to get a yellow for that. Rightly so. I hadn't realised Mick, the FA Cup sponsored by, by Emirates. I didn't. I hadn't realised that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've missed that. It's been that been so since 2014-15. Yeah, the FA Cup sponsored by Littlewoods. Now it is the. They've really sold their soul. It used to be the FA Cup sponsored by Littlewoods. Now it is the Emirates FA Cup. Sold your soul, FA. You slags. Most wins in the competition. Listeners, Arsenal, 12, and Manchester United with 12. Most consecutive wins, three in a row for the Wanderers, 1876 to 1878, and then Blackburn Rovers, 1884, 85, 86. Most appearances, I've never seen this one before, most appearances without winning in a cup final. Uh, it's four, Leicester City, 1949, 1961, 63 and 1969. They've never won it despite being in a cup final four times. New on the attack here, this is Tony Craig here on the left in front of us, 68 minutes. Aidan O'Brien will playing a little bit of um, triangular passing football. It's nice to see. And it breaks down. Get back to the direct lumpy stuff. The youngest ever player in the cup final was, of course, Curtis Weston in 2004 for Millwall. 17 years, 119 days. I think Curtis Weston is now playing for, for Barnet, if I remember rightly. Um, never really made it, did he, Curtis Weston? But he does hold that record until somebody else can... Uh, and break it. It's always a breakable one, I guess. 17 years, 119 days for Curtis Weston. South End singing the stupid I want to go home song. Mills a shit hole, I want to go home. I mean, the whole thing is utter gibberish. Um, a shot on goal there by the uh, South End 10. Hits the back stanchion of the goal. And 70 minutes, 20 minutes to go. Um, it's in the balance. I think both sides will still feel that they can win it. Um, it depends really on how much uh, of a shit they give if they lose it, I guess. At the moment, it's South End with a corner down at the Cold Blow Lane end. 72 minutes. In it comes, headed clear at the near post by Butcher, I believe that was. Biggest ever win in the FA Cup, Mick. 26 0, Preston 26, Hyde 0, famously. Famous results. First round of the FA Cup, 15th of October 1887. Must be some game. 26. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mill. It's the way win is the, um, the old Clapton Ultra's trendiest of the trendy Clapton nil. Nottingham Forest 14 in 1891. For one Millwall goal there tonight, rather than those, those grand scores. Uh, no, Highest no, ever no. attendance at Cup Finals, officially 126,000 when the new, as it was then, the Empire Stadium at Wembley opened up in 1923. Wiki reckons there was up to 300,000 inside the stadium because they were on the pitch and to be pushed back famously by Billy the White Horse, ridden by the, by the, by the policeman. And uh, the crowd basically formed the touchline whilst the game took place, a bizarre is our site in, in itself. One of the great um, folk members of our of our country. 1923 Whitehorse Cup final. Which Bolton beat West Ham, so it just adds uh, extra extra measure for it. Ball chip fall from inside the mill half by the South End goalkeeper, um, headed clear. Game just settled into a bit of a um, I don't know if it's a lull, but there's, a, there's both teams, I think, um, not, don't particularly want to lose it, but I think they're just measuring up how bothered they are about winning it. Yeah, the game's kind of descended as a raggedy kind of period. It, as Mick says, it, it's like no-one gives a toss, really, Mick, isn't it? No, it, don't. it does look that way, but it just seems as if kicks the hills and all of that, like, just no-one really scruffy, cares. It's kind of a scruffy phase yeah. of the game, 75 minutes, 15 to go. They're really concentrating on the ball, really, are they? Mill's no. third substitution. Who's this? First substitution in place 18, Shane Ferguson. Number seven, David Wall. 75 minutes, there were a few boos from the South End. South End I think Wall should be just glad they give a, they care enough about him to boo. Aidan O'Brien, little chip forward, finds Gregory. On, Fred pulled up there to, so as not to be offside, which is good thinking by him. Greg's across the box, falls to Worrell. Oh, it's a brilliant save, brilliant save from Worrell on the edge of the six yard box, 76 minutes. Should have scored, should have been a goal. Lovely ball across by Lee Gregory, found Warren in space. He's the only one I've seen call for the ball so far, though. Yeah, no, that should have been buried. Nice save by the South End goalkeeper. 78 minutes, is Mill on a break. Coming down is Warren going down the right-hand side. Got Romeo overlapping him. Marlon pauses, he tries to take it as many, does beat him. That's going to be a corner near wall. I've forgotten the old South End trainer, the one, one of their players is down inside our, our half. And the rather courtly... Um, well, you fat bastard, as the uh, Millwall supporters are putting it. Uh, rather courtly train has come on. Looks like a stretcher's going to come on for, for their man now. Yeah, it's the second sight of the stretcher in um, what is a fairly... Um, oh, it's meaningful, and I've been just trying to spread the love for the FA Cup throughout the whole show, but really neither side really fancied this because the league is the bread and butter that we all need to depend on. It's going to be costly from both both sides' perspective, certainly from ours, possibly from South Ends now, with this, this player down in, in, our, in our half. Christmas party night, Mick. It's party night at the Den. £20 a person. 7pm to midnight. DJ and buffet. You going, Mick? Oh, buffet. You fancy it, didn't it? <laughs> Shall we go? I, I think I'm watching television that night, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, no. <laughs>
look, look, look. They're yeah, I was, I was snap, snap, Snapchat, uh, Snapchat, Snapchat, which apparently all the kids are on. If you want to hang with the kids, you get on Snapchat and Insta, Instagram. Oh, we've got an Instagram. AMS has got I've, Instagram. I've got an Instagram. I don't really know what I'm doing with it. So no, not do we. I, we I, just I, post pictures. I wouldn't know. Snapchat is live, live streaming. I don't know what I'd do on that. And they're like five or six second videos. I, I, I keep looking at Periscope so. listeners, um, but I, then I think, when I've seen people on Periscope, it's kind of Kelly Maloney doing his makeup or something, you know, and I, thought, I don't really want to get involved. We can always do Periscope anything now. Anything to do with want. that. Just to test it. You don't want to watch me putting, but doing my makeup listeners, that's for sure. Back to Mill. South End player, not, not you know, using the uh, facilities of the, of the stretcher, he's walking off now to some derision. The Dock returns, the return of John Doherty at uh, Mill Bristol Rovers, his guest of honour in the uh, exec lounge doing the uh, kind of pre match chat about the glory days of 1988 89, the legendary and most successful manager in Mill history, John Doherty. That was in it. Someone's paid him back now. Someone's paid him back. Good. Pyros. We were search Mickey and I were searched for fireworks in a way, which uh, was rather flashing. There's a bit of blue smoke in the air, but at the south end, end, south end end. Pyro, the curse of the modern day. In comes the corner. Oh, over the bar from Butcher. Side footed over the bar on the volley. 82 minutes. Yellow card for a South End midfielder there for a sneaky little trip. The number 10's tripped up Byron. The loss of Morrison clearly has taken away some of our cutting edge from the uh, from the from the side. Uh, we've, we've not looked terribly threatening. Equally, we've not looked out of the game either. I, I, you could say that for both sides, really. Little one-two with Romeo. Wow! Fantastic flick shot, one goal, 88 minutes, he does the old slidey knee thing. Marlon Romeo, that's a fantastic quality goal. Marlon Romeo, 1 0 Millwall. Here's the goal, Mitch. Let's watch the replay. You know what? You know what? He catches it full on. Was that a big statement for him to say, I, I ain't going nowhere? Maybe. The person when he runs towards us, he's seen it. 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 He's penalty area to the far left corner of the goal beautiful goal that's uh, should be game over these are these are making for the exits now after all their pyrotechnics and uh, <laughs> fascisti style demonstrations up there makes you die, though, it? we were searched before we, we were right? searched outside the prestige you and me were fritz the dignity yeah. of it right but how the hell did they get in unless the searching was only because it was me and you maybe two senior members of the Mule aristocracy Subjected to the indignity of frisking, looking for fireworks. Anyway, now listen to that. <laughs> 89 minutes, one more minute of regular time, and then however much injury time's going to be quite a bit, I think. How much injury time we got? Six minutes? Yeah, six minutes, quite a bit of injury time. Five minutes. Excuse my eyesight. Romeo have a no-nonsense clearance just trying to think of my man of the match tonight I think I probably would name-check Marlon really Marlon, as my yeah. man of the match he's always looked bright inventive beautiful goal yeah, and he's done the defensive yeah. side as well Mick. and he's um, served the pitch up for him it's not been a game where anyone's really stood out overall but Marlon yeah. Marlon and Fred again both look bright so I think I'll take Marlon breaks this is Sean Williams for a goal what can he do chips the goalkeeper wide a yard wide should have been a goal far too casual for that situation that could have killed the game with still two minutes of injury time to play but through the ball the ball fell to his feet 
and he chipped the goalkeeper like he's Pele. He's when he will get some shit tonight. Deservedly so, actually. Yeah. That, that could have killed the game off. Gregory, the little flick header, Pete puts it through. 50 50 with a the keeper there, could have injured himself. Little moment where he's put through on goal with his own flick header. Nicely done. As it was his escape damage, Southend pressing forwards on the left. That minute to go in the game. Oh, that was flashed across the middle box. Bloody hell. Little cross from the left-hand side, flashed across the middle box. And we escaped by the skin of our teeth. Moment of panic there, right to death. Into the last minute of injury time. It's been an entertaining enough game in many ways. I mean, it's, I, I don't think it's an odd thing to say in the context to say no one player stood out much. But it's been a fairly bright game. Both teams are pressed forwards, trying to win it, trying to settle it. Hasn't been the most fantastic game of football I've ever seen. It's not been the worst by a long stretch, as it is Mill on the uh, in the ascendancy with you know, 30 seconds left to go now, left to go. Have a lump forward from defence towards Aidan O'Brien, surrounded by three South End defenders. There it is, the magic in the FA Cup. Mill progressed to round two. South End go home. Result for the Lions, costly result with that injury to Steve Morris in the first half. We don't we know. It's a window, though, really, because of the injury to Morris. Yeah, also we don't know what's with Ben Thompson. No, there sure. we are. At least we've got a, a, a win to warm us up on a, on a cold clear night in the end after pissing with rain to start. There we are. Big thank you to Mickey. Thank you very much to you, as always. And uh, we'll be back after these messages. Achtung, Mailball. tired of having no voice at Millwall? Then why not join the AMS, the Association of Millwall Supporters? The AMS is an independent fan group, meaning they're not directly affiliated with the football club, and therefore they aim to truly represent the fans' best interests. To join the AMS, visit amsgroups.info. That's amsgroups.info. Or if you're on Twitter, go to at a underscore m underscore s underscore group and they will be happy to answer your inquiries Welcome back to after the break, dear listeners. Welcome to the Sunday morning nightmare review of the internet reaction to Friday night's fine win. Actually, it was a good win um, over Southend in the first round of the FA Cup. Speaking to the press after the game, manager Neil Harris said, It wasn't ever going to be pretty, said Bomber. I thought we had moments of good play in the first half, whilst Southend had moments of good play in the second. I, I thought it was a bit more balanced than that, than, than what Neil's um, giving over there. I, I actually felt it was a fairly even game throughout the whole of the of the 90. I, I, I think we started brightly. Southend kind of came on during the, the course of the first half. They certainly brought a very physical approach, but then I, I, I think that um, they regard this as some kind of edgy fixture, reading the, the pre-match comments from Phil Brown, the... A heavily tanned, machine-tanned manager of um, of South End. He seems to regard this as, as some kind of rivalry fixture, um, which is odd because I've never thought of South End as any, in any way 
um, a, you know, a, a club or a, a, a match that um, has a kind of a, a, an edge to it, but he seems to think so. Maybe he needs to manufacture something where it doesn't exist, I don't know. But um, certainly they brought a physical approach as evidenced by the um, the blow of that injury to Steve Morrison late in the first half. Also to Ben Thompson, he took a whack in, I think that was in the second half. Morrison clearly, clearly a critical player, possibly injured for some time. We, we await news on that as, as this show goes out. Um, a scan to take place, I'm going to guess that'll be a Monday morning scan and we'll know more. Uh, once we've had a, 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 the club's had a chance to review the state of his knee, but clearly Morrison, critical as he is, is 33 years old, <clears throat> and although recovery times now are, are dramatically improved from the dinosaur era, when some of the older listeners, myself included, were um, you know were, were aware of uh, football medical injuries, but nowadays they do recover more quickly. But clearly, it's going to be uh, a, a while that uh, Morrison will be out of action. What that's going to mean in terms of playing style is, is another thing, another question that arises from Friday night's win. Um, once Morrow went off, we did seem to pass the ball a little bit um, more more fluidly um, with, a, with an O'Brien and Gregory front line. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be the first choice. Um, there was a youngster, Harry Smith, who has, has been mentioned on, on the internet as a potential step-in for uh, for Steve Morrison. That's a big ask for a young kid, not long out of league uh, non-league football to come in and replace the guile, the, uh, the the many years of experience and the sheer bloody-mindedness of Steve Morrison um, from, from scratch is going to be a big ask. So I see us probably using O'Brien and Gregory, I'm sure you do too, dear listener, as our first choice front two, and that will probably mean a little bit more passing on the deck. No bad thing. Well, there's no point in hitting the long ball at O'Brien, who um, doesn't seem to know what a header is, um, Gregory does, in fairness to him, he does win ball, um, but he's, he's like the, from the Tim Cahill school, isn't he? He's a shortish guy, um, and you can't keep on relentlessly pumping the ball at Lee Gregory. So it's going to be an interesting tactical change over the next few games, I feel. So back to Harris and his post-match press conference. He said to the boys at half-time, there's going to be one moment of quality that would define that game. That FA Cup first-round game would be defined by one moment of quality. And so it proved to be with a fantastic, truly fantastic strike by Marlon Romeo. What a prospect that boy is. Um, great run down the, the right-hand side and a brilliant, brilliant finish. You had to be there to appreciate the moment. You probably got a sense of that from the the uh, little piece I did earlier on. It was a fantastically taken goal from the right side of the penalty area into the bottom left-hand corner. Brilliantly put away. And that was enough to settle the, the FA Cup tie. So now I've developed a little bit of a love, uh, not too strong a word, the, the L word, for the News at Den's player ratings page, this is um, an online facility that they give where um, readers can go on and give a, a marks out of 10 for each of the players from um, the last game, Friday night's game in particular, clearly. Uh, now, ratings overall, Starman was Marlon Romeo with a uh, an average 8.1 score, 8.1 out of 10. I think that was a, that's probably a fair rating. I gave him 8 out of 10 for that, that brilliant performance on Friday night. He's our star man, Marlon Romeo. In goal, Jordan Archer picks up a 6.9, made a brilliant save towards the end of proceedings. I think it was from Fortune, and it must have been uh, in, the, in injury time, I think it was, when Southend had the ball flashing across our, our penalty area. Archer was good enough to keep the ball out and fully deserving of his 6.9. I know he's had his wobbles, I know he's had his critics, <clears throat> but that was a, a solid performance on Friday night by Jordan, 6.9 out of 10. Tony Craig, the boo boy, the I didn't think he played too badly, in all fairness, on Friday night. Um, clearly, there's a residual 
um, bank of, of, of uh, bad feeling towards Tony, who, who just draws a 5.5, which is under under par. Let's be honest, whoever's put these marks in, be honest with yourself, that's under par. You've got to be, you're going to do this, you've got to do it fairly. Uh, and I would have said 5.5 is low. I, I, I would give Tony a, a par score 6 on Friday night. Sean Hutchinson... Um, it, it was it wasn't bad. He didn't didn't impress. He didn't didn't do anything bad really. He's drawing the the the, the uh, six point six. That's probably point uh, six over the odds for me. For Sean Hutchinson, I'll give him six out of ten. But the news at Den readership gives him six point six. Marlon, we've mentioned eight point one. I say a fair score, eight eight out of ten for me. Marlon, he gets the uh, the gold star of the night. Byron. Uh, six point four. I would have said a six. So all right. What's what? What's point four between friends? Shane Ferguson midfield on the left side gets a six point one. I'd say that's a touch low. I gave him seven personally. Um, I thought he did quite well going down the wing. And then we have Ben Thompson who took that whack in the second half. Six point nine uh, on average. Um, I gave him a seven. I thought that was a, it was a, it was a Ben show. The the usual kind of Ben performance, exuberant and full of running. Uh, news of Den readers give him 6.9. I gave him 7. Um, and Sean Williams, I thought, played quite well. I gave him 7. Um, the, uh, the 0.2 lower for the News of Den readership, 6.8, they say. I think he's another player that still has a residual, um, a, a bank of bad feelings, if there's such a word. That's not like a Barclays Bank or the, um, you know, the, 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 the National Westminster Bank. That's the bank of bad feeling for... Uh, Sean Williams, and I think he's still in debit there, but I, I, he's actually been playing quite well this season for me, Sean. Up front, oh, Steve Morrison gets 6.6. He wasn't really in it long enough to um, to really show what he can do. I gave him a 7, but the injury is, is a critical critical thing. Um, so he's out of action for a while. Aidan O'Brien gets a 4.7. Now, I know he was selfish in, in the first half. He, I think there was a moment where um, he shot when Morrison wanted on, on his right-hand side. I think four point seven is again. He's he's got an extra a, a current plus account um, with with gold um, gold ratings at the the bank of bad feeling, hasn't he? Aidan O'Brien four point seven. I I gave him a six. Um, I thought that was that was a par score for Aidan O'Brien. So there we are. FA Cup draw for for the second round takes place on Monday. Um, let's hope for an interesting one. Um, South End wasn't the most interesting. Of clubs to draw, as evidenced by the four thousand four seven four thousand seven hundred that were there, I thought that seemed a bit high. That's one of those official crowds. It seemed much lower on the night, as as you would have detected from our, our live piece earlier on. So let's see who we get on Monday night in the draw. Got a few tweets here from Friday night's events. Lord Kennedy, our our, our Millwall fan in the House of Lords, Lord Roy Kennedy, said, "Fantastic one 0 win for Millwall against Southend." Um, goal scored in the 88th minute, exclamation mark, we're in the second round of the FA Cup. Yes, we are, my lord, indeed we are. We are in the second round. Uh, Richard Corley, journalist, I think, with the South London Press, or whatever, it, I think it's called London News Network now, um, speaking about Phil Brown, Creosote Brown, uh, having a bit of a tantrum, a bit of a stomper, a bit of a paddywhack after the game in, in the press conference, asking one journalist if he had coaching badges. And um, also reporting that, uh, in Brown's opinion at least, from start to start through to finish, Phil says there's only one team on the pitch, that meaning South End in this case, and he says their performance was worthy of a free or 4-0 win. I think the man must be on some kind of... He's overdone the sunbed, I think. That's gone, you know, sent the blood rushing to his head. It wasn't wasn't that decisive. I, I don't think South End were a bad team. They brought their approach, their physical approach, and they had some chances. But so did we. You can't call 
that that game I thought was a fairly balanced, um, full on English lower league affair. Balanced. I don't think you can say that any any team deserved a three or four nil win. It was always going to be a close run thing, as it as it indeed it it, it turned out to be. Um, Andrew MFC here says South End played well on that note, and we were pretty poor for most of the game. I don't agree with you, Andrew. I didn't think we were that bad, but Phil Brown is a creosote-faced Northern slag that needs to catch a dose. Says Andrew. Well said, sir. Well said. Bermondsey Boy asks who needs to set off a flare. There was a bit of pyrotechnics at the South End end. Who needs to set off a flare, says Bermondsey Boy, when you have Phil Brown's sunbed tan that blinded me for the whole of the second half. Uh, Mill halfway line called it an insipid, cheerless performance. Awful game. Um, two best players injured, but fuck me, we won. Um, I wasn't quite so depressed about that as, as the Mill halfway line. Um, I thought it was a balanced affair, and um, I think probably Southend displayed a little bit more hunger in the first half. We we turned it up a bit in the second, and we won! Exclamation marks, smiley face, capital letters. And finally, writing on the House of Fun, DA16 said, I thought that Worrell, when he came in, made a difference. I agree with you, DA16. I did. I, I thought he did give us a bit of wing play. <clears throat> um, and as DA16 says, we actually looked like we wanted to attack from the minute he came into the match. Um, with Williams's chip and Gregory's attempts one-on-one -on -one with a keeper, it should have been a 3-0 win at the end. Uh, he says Southend were worse than us. So I, I think it was more balanced than that. But anyway, there we won't go over that. Archer made a brilliant save at the death. He did. But we had three minutes added on that became what... That became one when Ben staggered off at the end of the first half, but five fucking minutes added on at the end to give them as much chance as possible to equalise. Uh, why isn't um, Harris starting Worrell? It's beyond beyond the A16, but we look more balanced with him. Special shout-outs to Sean Williams, I agree. And surprising, surprisingly, Fred, who I thought, apart from one or two pull-outs, had a good game. Fred was a little bit more anonymous for me than he was last week at Oxford, but um, I'm liking what I'm seeing with Fred on your dimmer. Archer should get him booked when Thompson had been elbowed in the face. Shows the quality of the official we were once again blessed in inverted commas with. Big thank you to DA16 for that little piece. I think that summed up Friday night's match very, very well. Now, to close out today's game, we've got a special piece. Special piece submitted by Mickey of the AMS. Um, he went to see Sean, the poppy seller, the, the famous Millwall fan, who selflessly takes time off work to sell the poppies outside Cannon Street Station. Um, each each remembrance um, you know remembrance uh, year, uh, so it's a really nice little piece by Mickey. Um, I've played around with the sound a little bit um, because it was an interview, and it's I just had to try and raise some of the sound levels. So it might sound a bit wobbly. I'll apologise to you, listeners. I ask you to stay with it. It's it's a good piece, um, really nicely done by by Mickey, and Sean comes over well. And there's a little opinion piece by Mickey afterwards, um, which I think I hope you will find. Interesting. So we're going to close out today's game with this um, excellent little piece of reportage by Mickey of the AMS. Uh, and I want to say thank you for listening to our show and we'll be back again next week. So take it away, Mick. Achtung, Milbein. Okay then, it's uh, Acton Millwall out and, out and about, I suppose. It's an interview with um, Sean Obviously, the Millwall Poppy Cellar outside uh, Cannon Street. Those of you who haven't been to see him yet, is uh, easy to find right next to Cannon Street, uh, outside the boots on the corner of Bush Lane. You can't miss him, to be fair, but loads of controversy this year, but let's uh, we'll come to that on a bit later on. I suppose those of you who don't really know about Sean, we first start it off by saying, good afternoon, Sean, how are you? I'm fine, thank you very much. So, um, so um, I suppose those are simple question is, why? 
Why? If it weren't for the British soldiers, we won't we won't be here today. <laughs> Great answer. But I uh, I hear that you take two weeks off every year to do this out of your own time, volunteer. Yes, that's right. So so uh, how many years now you've been doing it? Well, the two weeks holiday a year. This is my fifth year, fifth fifth year for two weeks. And but I've been doing all the pop doing all the poppies for the last fourteen years. On the, on the, on this plot. On this plot or outside our supplies are starting off. It's so always, always, always in this area. Always in this area. So, uh, so you started off obviously with this pot selling the old evening standard, like you were saying, yeah. and then you've uh, upgraded now to to the poppies once a year. Yeah. As soon as the standard went free, I give yeah. up. I packed up the standard in September, and I thought November's coming up. The poppies do. I thought I'll take two weeks off and do the poppies. So, so. The passion you have with speaking to you and everything else for it must just drive you along through the rain and, and everything else. The way I look at it is, what would you rather have? A bullet thrown at you or get yourself wet? Now, what would you rather have? Do you know what? Do you know what? I, I, I'm on the same level as you. I think the soldiers do. That's, well, that's the way I'm looking no. at it. I'm not on the front line. They're on the front line. They're but, risking their lives for us. For us. Are you a military man or no, ex-military? or? I'm not ex because I suffer with deafness, so yeah. I knew I couldn't get in there. But my granddad, my granddad was in the military, and my, uh, my great-granddad, all my, all my mum's side of the family, they was all military. Looking at your poppy stand, you seem to have a, a huge selection. And, and just by standing here today, you seem to be getting everybody. And I mean everybody. I mean, I've seen... Um, every nationality buying a poppy from you, from tourists, Americans, uh, there was a, a Muslim, they're, they're, every single nationality comes in. Some of the suits come in, they buy one poppy and they're giving you, you know, they're giving you scores and everything else. It, it says something about you being here, I suppose, that, that these people have obviously grown to know you over the time. Well, it is. People have got to know me over the years, and what I generally do is, there's a sign up there, there's a, there's a map sign in, I always put, when I finish, I always put the final total up. Yeah. So people like yourself come along, they see that side, wow, well, is that what we raised this year? Yeah. Then so next year comes along, let's try and beat this last year's record. So they put more and more and more money in. Because I always put the receipt up as well, for people yeah. that's paid in. So, so, five years, give us a figure then, five years, what you paid in. So, so... Five years, give us a figure then. Five years, what you raised? I would say copy uh, near enough for two hundred thousand pound mark. That's not bad, is it? What did you get last year? Sixty-five grand. Sixty-five last year. The year before that was sixty grand. The year before that, the one before that was thirty. That was thirty-seven thousand. So how much? How much of obviously we know there's a bit of controversial this year with the with the badges what you design. Um, and we won't necessarily go into too much of that now because obviously I just want to publicise what you do. What uh, I generally do is I get all these badges made up. When I get the bill through, whatever the bill is, it could be three grand, four grand, five grand. It's all depends on how many more badges, yeah. different badges I get in. I say the total is like six thousand pound. I just take the six thousand pound out, and the yeah. rest of it is theirs. So, so it's a good and way of, if, of adding. If, if I don't sell, sell it, I've still got a load of bases, my bases left over, yeah. then I'm not entitled to take all my money out, so I'll leave it in there. Yeah. I'll just take so, so much. So realistically, it's not just the football badges. Just take so, so, so realistically, it's not just the football badges what you no, do. You I do, do Army, Navy, Air Force. Yeah, yeah and you do the Lancaster Bombers, yes. and you do all different...
slogans and different things. You do one for the animals, the army animals. Animal, yeah. So pretty much you cater for everybody's need, really, yeah. not just the football needs. No, so it's not... I, do, I always do army, navy, and the air force. And each year, the base is always different, different each year. Then some years I might do St George's flag or the Union Jack flag and that sort of thing. Um, like one year I've done England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales with the, with like the rugby style one and past their crest. Two, yeah. different, two different crests, like the Welsh with the league and the, uh, the dragon, or the Scottish ones with the thistle and the, uh, the other, uh, what's the name one? Then the Irish ones with the shambok. That's all I've done with the Irish was the shambok. Yeah. Yeah. Then the England one was the St George's one with the, uh, the three lines. So I hear it's coming through now that obviously Alan... The, uh, the three... um, those people who can't come to you here, are you coming to the den this year? Well, if Millwall we we will wants to be down again again this year, which, and I'm more willing to go down there than do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the problem you've got I this mean, year, I, I, I can't suppose, just, is... I can't just turn up. Yeah. That, that, so I've got to wait, get, get permission for Well, that, that's probably part and parcel. I can't say they're not doing that, but I suppose the problem you've got is that uh, is obviously this year with the dates and everything else, that I think the next game is obviously this weekend. We've got a Friday night kickoff, mm -hmm. which obviously will... Hopefully the result goes our way because this will go out obviously on the on the Saturday. But uh, when are you here till? I'm here now. This is my first day here. Yeah. Now I'm here to 11th November. So so if you do want him, it's obviously a short tube wide uh, London Bridge is straight here really. It's yeah. Banking and changing your ear or, or whichever way you want to go to get here. Yeah, but come out Cambridge Station, turn right. I'm here. Next to the boots. What time are you here till in the evenings? About eight o'clock. Achtung, Mehlball. I had the enjoyment yesterday of spending um, a couple of hours with Sean, speaking to him and Barry about obviously what's going on with the British Legion, um, and then finding out a bit about what drives him as an individual to do what he does every year um, in the November rain, wind, cold, everything he does. And he stands on that stand for two weeks. 14 hours a day. And to him, that's his little bit of giving back. That's his little bit of saying thank you. Thank you to all the soldiers who have put their life at risk on the front line, for those who have never come home, for the families who have lost people. It's his individual way of paying his respect. Same as it's probably our individual way of showing our respect by wearing a poppy. We all do it for our reasons. We all do it for different reasons. I think the badges, what he gets designed, I can understand that the Legion is, um, have, have got involved now with obviously the Premier League. They're, they're going to be bringing out Football League um, badges next year. So I can understand that, you know, the Premier League and the like will protect their trademarks viciously, just same as Disney does. I understand that, but we've got a group or a bag, a big bag of, of various badges sitting at the British Legion. They're gathering dust, or well, they will gather dust. Okay, Adam Williams, Millwall Football Club, they've said it's okay to use their design. They've seen the design. They, they know what it looks like. They've known Sean for years, and they've given permission to the British Legion for their badges to be sold. Hats off. Congratulations. Well done. Why can't the other teams? Why can't the other teams follow suit and just say, look, you know what, this year you can sell them? Because the badges gathering dust have cost something. 
And that money, what they've cost, you're going to pay back without no reward. So surely common sense, you could just say to Sean, look, this year is the last year you can design and sell your badges. Going forward, use our badges. And I think that's probably the best solution going forward. Let Sean beat the total he's done. His drive to, even now, without those extra badges, which he thinks will affect his overall sale, he's going hammer and tong to beat last year's total. And I really hope that if you don't normally buy your poppy from Sean, just make a trip to Cannon Street and just put a few quid in his pot and help him towards that total. Um, you know, I brought some badges there. And look, it, I think the story is crazy. I think it's blown up over nothing. It didn't have to. But it is what it is, and we can't change that. All I'm, all I'm saying is, look, let common sense prevail, and let's hope that those badges can be sold. Um, if the British Legion's worried about their money, then put them online or do something with it. But look, common sense, raise the money for it. And then last night I, I went to sleep. I woke up this morning to the headlines that FIFA wants to ban or has banned England and Scotland wearing poppies at Wembley on Armistice Day. And I just think, crazy. How can an organisation as FIFA dictate what we as the FA or we as a country choose to do. They're saying that it's, you know, they don't approve political um, statements or anything else. I think that's where the problem lies. The poppy is a symbol of remembrance and hope. It always has been. Since it first started, what, 1921. The poppy is worn by millions and millions of people. Why is the poppy red? Because that represents the natural colour of the field poppies. So where these people died during the First Second World War, poppies grew. And they that is why they're red. I mean, the poppy isn't and never has been a symbol of death. It's never been a sign that you support war. It's never been a sign of politics. It's never been a sign of religion. It's been hijacked by people saying it is, but it isn't. It never has been. And these people will think that, oh, the poppies are red because it represents the colour of the blood. Get a grip. It's got all to do with blood. It's to do with the fact that poppies will grow on fields and side of the roads and waste grounds and everything else throughout the world are red. Always have been. Always will be. It's a fact. So look, again, FIFA. Common sense is what's needed. Let the local FAs, the local football associations, so those particular countries involved in those games make the decision. The FA needs to grow a pair of balls and say, sod off. Sod off in your dodgy ways. We will wear what we want. And we do it to remember who we want. And I think, look, the whole facade, the whole, this whole debate 
what's risen over the last few days with regarding Sean and the poppies and his badges and everything else isn't about a football badge. It isn't about the fact that there's a Lancaster bomber with a poppy. It's about the it's about the reason why we wear them. You don't want to wear a poppy, you don't have to. But I still think you need to buy a poppy. You know, you need to wear a poppy if that's what you want to do, and donate to them. Donate to the British Legion. It's one time a year where they raise the the maximum of their money, and it gives us the opportunity to do what we do. And I think there there, I don't think there'll ever be a reason in my lifetime to buy the poppy, the wearing of the poppy. Um, I know that everyone has their right to opinion on that. Well, I don't think there is, and I think it's that still buy your poppy. Okay, you might not have a you might not have a badge with MSC on it. You might not have a badge with another football team on it. You know what? Poppy's bigger than football. Poppy is bigger than everything. And the reason why I remember it, and the reason why, well, the reason why I wear it, say thanks. Say that. So look, I'm sorry that if it's dragged on a bit my final my final thoughts. Um I just thought it was it was right to sit there and have it there. It has caused quite a debate. But still. We do what we do. Those people gave us our life and gave us their life to never be forgotten. And I'm not going away with some dirty little punks to spit all over me. When he spits over me, I'm You've been listening to Octoon Millwall, the CBL Magazine podcast. That's the Millwall News this week, and we are out of here. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.